Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to a special We're Just Gonna Pop in Your Feed episode of We Gotta Talk. Um, If you're from Pittsburgh, I want you to turn the volume all the way up because I know that our Pittsburgh news fans and friends are some of the most passionate out there. And I'm so honored to host a guest today that will be very familiar to really all of my friends in the greater Pittsburgh area, Southwest PA, Heather Abraham, who is an anchor at CBS Pittsburgh, both for Pittsburgh Today Live and Talk Pittsburgh, two fantastic programs, if I do say so myself. And she's joining me here to talk, oh my gosh, all things news life, Heather, mom life, and and just kind of catching up. So thank Thank you so much for coming on. It's so nice to be with you. And thank you for your help um, putting me in the corner so that I could have a little bit more light on me. She sat down and I was like, we're going to need to work on this lighting. News lady. I know. Well, listen, you get into this space and I was so used to people doing all of that for me, like worrying about the technical stuff that it took me a solid like five years to learn how to edit a podcast episode. To be honest, I kind of stopped doing it anyway. Yeah, we get spoiled in that world. So um, how are you doing? How's summer? The kids are all home. You have three kids. Are you not so ready for them to go back to school? Yeah, my kids go back next week though. So we're good. Yeah, it's early. I know we didn't do that In, in Pittsburgh. I feel like we were back after Labor Day. Is that right? So my kids go back in three weeks, I want to say, but, but now is like crunch time. And so summer was great, but we had a couple trips, one family and one just our immediate family. And, uh, and I felt like in July, I started school shopping because I knew I, knew I wasn't going to be able to keep up with it all. And that August was going to be here before we knew it. And it was, and, uh, all the pencils would be sold out like they were last year. So Wait, pencils? Are we in that kind of a recession or like depression or whatever, like shortage? I'm confused. I swear I went went school shopping last year and it was like, but this is the case with all the holidays. There are the people who are on top of it. There are people who are shopping right now for Halloween. And then when you're ready, October 1st, everything's gone. So uh, October 1st, it's like October 29th and it's Amazon prime. And it's like, <laughs> what can be shipped overnight? Heather, I, I genuinely aspire to be one of the people, one of the women in particular, because there's so many like women who are great at this, who are organized, who've got their planner color coded, who remember yeah. what day it is on like the week, like teacher appreciation. I mean, I'm like peeling through Publix to get like a couple of tulips because I, I try is the bottom line. It just doesn't always work. So. I know. I want to be that person too, but I think that I have resigned to the fact that when you work a full-time job and you have multiple children, you will never be top dog. Like you're just never going to be you're the the baby. No, no. no. I, I just, I've really started to lean into it. Maybe it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I know amongst my friend group is being like the not on top of it one. They're like, oh, Sunny again. I mean, I registered my kid for the wrong time slot at Urban Air today. It, it was a whole thing. The mom was like, where's the confirmation? I was like, oh, he's reserved for 6.30 last night. Um, I mean, it's just, it's not pretty, but we well, get it done. And And I bet you probably thought when you got him all registered. You were like, look at me. Only to find out. The worst part is we were on a group text string when this went out last night, because that's how on top of it I am. I just like wait and wait. And I responded like an idiot. 
And I was like, guys, I'm only getting times for what, like that weren't the right time. And they're like, Sonny, you're on the wrong date. I mean, it's embarrassing. I feel, I feel actually embarrassed, like all joking aside and I'm working on it, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be getting any better. So here we are. When when your brain is in a million places and it's just constantly, like even right now I'm thinking about what I have to do after this is over. And I want to be present in this space always, wherever I am. But it's always like, okay, what do I have to do next? Can I get everything done in the the day's time that we have? Um, And like also create memories with my kids so that they're happy. It's just hard. It's impossible. Remind everybody, Heather, how old your kids are. You have uh, two girls and a boy, right? Yeah. So uh, in my corner here, you can see them. Um, but this is, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> so this Sunny uh, is our middle, and she just turned six. Rocco just turned four a couple weeks ago, and Lila just last weekend turned nine. Oh wow! So you're about my kids' age. You've kind of got like. Not preteen per se, but kind of getting into that. And then the younger ones. I I don't remember at nine being hormonal, but I swear. Oh, God, she's going to kill me. Lives forever. It's in the water, babe. No, we can say, let's change it. Not hormonal, but just expressive. It's very, I think even younger than that. I mean, and I don't know if it's what's scientifically happening, but I think kids these days definitely have an emotional awareness because of what they're exposed to, like, you know, YouTube and like, uh, there's something that's just feels a little older about them for sure. Right. Have you ever heard this thing that if kids, and I think it's been, they've proven that it's not true, but if they lose their teeth early, if they go pretty faster or quicker or earlier, have you heard heard that? that? And I don't entirely disagree. My husband says that he went through puberty early. Like, I, I don't remember what age, but like I was... 20 before I had literally 21 before my boobs fully, fully came in. And so I was a late bloomer. I got my period at 14. I mean, who gets there? I was like, is it coming? I'm in high school. So I was an extremely late bloomer. He was on the early side. And so I, I do notice that one of my kids is kind of taking after him. Like all the teeth were gone. Like my son's teeth were like in and out. And I'm wondering if that means that he's going to take after his dad, who knows? I don't know. That was a little personal, but I feel like I had to illustrate. Well, I mean, that was me the summer of seventh grade. It was like, my braces came off. My boobs came in. I went to school in eighth grade first day. Like all the girls hated me. And that was (laughs) Aren't girls the worst? Girls are the worst. We're the best and we're the worst. We're the worst. There's this period of time when we are just the worst to each other. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm waiting for that chapter to close, to be honest. Yeah. I, For the most part, women are great, but I think we can inflict on each other a very unique type of pain. And right. it's unfortunate, but it does get better. You're right. Yeah. It gets better. Oh, gosh. So you were the super cute girl early. Heather, that's not fair because you're hot now. You were hot then. You never had an awkward face. Oh, my God. Seventh grade. I remember shopping at Deb, and I bought these, like, lime green nylon <laughs> whatever polyester pants that were some shape I don't know I don't even know what they look like and then I bought these white almost peewee herman platform shoes (laughs) I thought they were the coolest thing my mom did not tell me that they weren't she wanted me to be myself but I look back on that time like "Mm," did not know what I was doing yet Deb do you dye their clothes were literally made of construction paper I would wash them once and there would be holes in all the wrong places I still remember the smell of cheap jeans from what's (laughs) 
Wait, do you remember what was 579? You might be too young for 579. I remember 579. Yeah. Contempo. Contempo. Um, right. Okay. Yes. Contempo. Uh-huh. I mean, I thought I was just the coolest in my like little low rise bell bottom things. Just, <laughs> uh, I was such a, it was a simpler time back then. Now they're like, kids are posting their outfits like OOTDs in I middle school to this wonderful podcast, the Ted radio hour. And they, they interviewed this woman who designs outfits just for you to put on, on Instagram. So they're virtual outfits that you can buy. Oh, they're virtual. Okay. It's sustainable. I'm listening. Sustainable. Right. But the whole premise was that we dress, we've always dressed for other people. Like some of it may be for ourselves, but you know, when you get that validation from other people, Oh, you look so great. I love that color on you. Um, so this designer said that she was finding that more and more people were buying an outfit just to wear for social media and then returning it. So she created this whole platform where you can buy virtual outfits, buy them, and then there's nothing to it. You just... Right. I respect the business model. I do worry about what it reveals about our psychology collectively. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this too. So we're both raising two girls. You yeah. have a son and two girls too. And, you know, I am the biggest proponent of women fully grown adults doing what they perceive to be as best for their body. And when, when that comes to their appearance or their mental health, whatever you think is serving you best, as long as it's not hurting others. And I kind of worry sometimes, Heather, like, you know, I, I talk a lot about beauty products on the podcast and Botox and these like fun, frivolous things that I have done as an adult after my cerebral cortex, you know, frontal cortex was fully formed. But I worry that my daughters are going to hear that and think at a younger age, not understanding the nuance there is when you're an adult and beyond right. and think, oh gosh, I have to do like, you know, I have to use this face cream to, to feel pretty, or I have to buy this outfit or I, it's, it's so hard. It really is. There's so much to choose from these days, which is great, but it also really complicates it. When it comes to your girls, do you try to like steer conversations in a certain way or? Well, I will tell you, we are in this dreaded phase right now with our six-year-old where nothing fits and nothing looks good. And she is like, you know, there's one white t-shirt and one pair of black shorts that she will wear. And that's it. Um, But my nine-year-old, she said to me the other day, I mean, this was like, it was almost disturbing to me, but she asked me, she didn't want to say the the F word. She didn't want to say fat, but she asked me the other day if she was getting bigger. Now, when I, uh, when I say this is disturbing, it's because she is the shortest in her class. She is the smallest in her, like she is, I don't even think 50 pounds yet. She's so tiny. Um, and I wondered like, where would she even hear that? Cause I don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't know. Um, so what did you say? Like, did you redirect? Did you, I have, I've dealt with a similar situation here, overhearing girls bandy that word about not my daughter particularly, but it's, it's dicey. It's hard. Cause she's so young. And so I, I, and this is why parenting is hard. Cause you don't know in that moment, you're not like Siri, tell me what to say. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I, so I'm sitting there with her and I told her that, um, when I weigh myself, if I ever weigh myself, weight means something different when you're much older, mm-hmm. you know, when you're older, weight can mean, um, like if I gain weight, I know what I weigh every day. Cause I'm not growing anymore. So if I gain more weight, I have to look at, well, what's happening with my body. So mm-hmm. it's all about how weight, and health go hand in hand. And so I tried to tell her that, you know, if I weigh myself or you see that, or I worry about what my weight looks like, it's because I'm worried about my health and my heart and my body. And I said, but for you, 
you are growing every single day, you should be getting bigger. You should be putting on more weight. You should be getting taller. All of those things are naturally going to happen. What do you say? I don't know. I think, I mean, I think, you know, I I don't think there is such thing as a parenting expert per se, but I would say that that everything that I've heard people talk about in this realm is always sort of focused on that, correlating these discussions with health. I know when I talk to my kids too, I say like, listen, we're not having sugar because it's seven o'clock at night and you're going to be up late and it's not good to have that much sugar before you go to sleep. It's, it's going to make your heart beat fast. And, you know, I try to tie it in because it is ultimately about health, but it's so hard. I remember like going and shop and save, like we would go either shop and save or giant Eagle and Kennedy. And I would, you know, run to the magazine aisles. Oh, hi. This this is Rocco. Hi, Rocco. I'm watching Hulk smash downstairs. (laughs) What did he say? I'm watching Hulk smash downstairs. (laughs) Very, that's, that's probably the best TV that's happening in your house right now. He's scary. (laughs) Is he really? What does he look like? Well, he breaks the car off. He breaks the car off? Oh, yeah. I think he's got a future in TV, Heather. I think so. Okay, you go downstairs, watch Hulk smash. Tell me what he does later on, okay? Sorry. I thought the door was locked. I have to apologize. I had a kid run naked through an interview once, so don't feel bad. At least he was close. (laughs) Okay, so go on. You're you're No, I like the way, I think, you know. Am I an expert? No, but I think that's the way to do it, right? To talk about it as it relates to health. And we had fewer signals, right? Ours were the magazines that we would right. run to in the checkout. Like I didn't have this in my face. Like, let me see what's... So I think it's about reducing, right, the signals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not giving them access to unbridled watch YouTube videos or, or even certain media that shows or depicts that type of like discussion like girls talking about weight or girls talking about how cute you are and then you know just not I've always heard every expert say they watch how you treat yourself so when they see you standing in the mirror looking this and pinching that and mm -mm, that what you don't say is saying just as much as what you do say it's what they watch what you do so I mean no one's perfect at it. It's a real, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to see those conversations already coming up though. And, you know, we've already, you know, I find it very important to, um, to talk with the girls. I mean, again, six and nine. So they still have a ways to go. Lila, maybe not, but like we've already had the conversations about what's about to happen with their bodies. Oh yes. Lots of period talk happening here. Yes. Yeah. I just think it's, I don't want them to feel embarrassed or ashamed. God, I felt like I spent, uh, all of my middle school, teenage, high school years, embarrassed and worried. And like, I don't know that we should feel some sort of way about what was happening to our bodies every month, you know? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Uh, even like the secret discussions, like asking somebody if they have a tampon, like God, mm-hmm. it's mortifying almost. And I don't want that for them. No, it, it takes years to like undo the stigma that I think is put on us with certain things, but we take a similar approach. I mean, my son knows women get periods and they know that it's related to like, I mean, we don't, we haven't had the talk, but they know that, you know, this is all part of a woman's body and this is what happens and it's not gross and it's not embarrassing and it kind of is what it is. Cause I don't also don't want my son to be the guy that's like, Ooh, period. Like I know. we don't have time for those type of men. My husband is the guy who will go to the store for me and get whatever I need. I mean, yeah. he's not embarrassed or sh- like, he's like, Hey, this is what's happening. I'm, you know, I mean, for goodness sakes, he probably watched you give birth. I hope there is like, no, any man who can't handle that. We just don't need them in our lives. They need right. to be just on. Did you see the Barbie movie by the way? Mm. 
I want to in the worst way. We have not seen it yet. I know, I know. I can't believe, I was so excited to see it, and then we went on vacation that same day. It's so good. It's so good. I, I'll, we'll have to like double back and chat when you see it because it it's just has a really beautiful like sort of subplot about, um, you know, growing up and from the yeah. perspective of both the mother and like the person who's doing the growth. It's just really pretty. I was crying like a baby. Like, yeah, my kids are embarrassed that I am the one who cries in the theater. So we're at that age and stage. Um, so tell me this. We have... I guess we've known each other. I don't know when you started at KDK, but you've been how many years there? Um, so this year, this December, I think will be 13 years. 13 years? You look too young to have worked somewhere for 13 years. Botox, you know. That's what I say. <laughs> the Botox. It was here first, and then it was just like a little bit here. <laughs> I love it. How, how, how frequent is your Botox schedule? Are you like once every three months, six months, nine months? Multiple times a year. I mean, I don't yeah. go very often, but um, it was because uh, Megan Schiller, who I work with, she had one of the brand new, like one of the really high tech Apple phones that came out, one of the iPhones that came out. And the selfie was supposed to be very intense. And so I went to take a picture and I looked at it and I was like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> That's not a filter. That is actual like indented lines in my, I'm, and I was like 35 and I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like I'm, I think getting older and aging is, you know, a gift, but at the same time, I can kind of be a little bit in control of what that gift looks like. So. I agree. Let's dole that out over a period of 20 years instead right. of all yeah. once in five. Yeah. yeah. It's wild how it just sort of all shows up one day too. I mean, I've had moments where I'm like, Oh, Okay, who are we today in the mirror? What's happening? <laughs> so are you open? I know on, on Talk Pittsburgh, you guys really tackle like heavier topics sometimes and you're not you're not shying away. Do you guys ever spend any time talking about this kind of stuff and like what it's like to be forget girls, but like a woman today in this society? And like what do you what do you guys try to bring to the table as far as like perspectives and discussions that you haven't seen happen anywhere else? You know, I'm I'm really fortunate. I remember when we started. Uh, when I started on PTL, it was a little bit of a different format. And I remember having this moment where I realized that everybody who was coming on the show was extremely passionate about whatever it is that brought them there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's probably much like your podcast when you have guests on, whatever they're there for, it's their passion. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I've respected that through this, you know, through the entirety of PTL and the changes there. And then now with Chalk Pittsburgh and having our guests on. Um, but we have a lot of discussions in the newsroom about the kinds of things that we think are important. We we were just talking, again, this this idea came from um, a TED Radio Hour podcast, but about like foster care and um, how kinship, kinship care should be like the primary go-to and how people are trying to push that. So we're trying to dive into these topics where we can make a change, that there are change makers out there and that they're trying to do good. Um, and to me, that's just so, it's just, it's heartwarming. It, I feel good walking away every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, in the media landscape these days, there's a lot of polarization and it's really easy to get roped into your side of any given issue or story. So I love that there's space now, both online and increasingly so in, in traditional news for like longer format discussions and things that need a little more fleshing out. And I always try to tell people because, you know, people that have stuck with me through news to this format who are hearing, they finally can hear me have an opinion or say something, but I always come back to the point of like, 
you know, you have to be an intelligent consumer when it comes to, even if you're watching, you're not producing a product and make sure that when you're hearing a story, you're like seeking out sort of the opposing opinion too, because, you know, as much as we try to give justice or give time to those topics working in, in TV, you know, the time limit's a time limit. So um, I think people are getting more savvy to that and they want more real talk about things. They don't want to hear the company line anymore or like, you know, the official statement. People are eager to like hear more these days. They are. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, you know, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to step away from news is because it was, it was growing increasingly hard for me um, to wake up every morning and to hear bad news. And I know we hear that from our, our viewers too. And there was certainly good news too. And, you know, we had this wonderful camaraderie on the morning team. Um, but for me, I just, I needed, I needed to be part of something where we could have real talks mm-hmm. that we, that we could talk about the good change that's happening. And these people who are truly passionate about what they're doing. Um, I don't know. It's just, it was refreshing. It was yeah. really refreshing. Did you find that your reaction to the stories you were covering changed after having kids? Because I, I, I noticed that line of delineation for me. A hundred percent. Did you ever like cry on set? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were a couple times. Um, the one time I didn't see it coming and I, I was immediately, there were two times actually. Uh, one was the day after the tree of life, hmm. um, the synagogue shooting. And if, people from Pittsburgh are watching, they know that the, uh, the death penalty verdict just came down yesterday. But, um, the day that that happened that morning, I had taken a pregnancy test and found out that morning that I was pregnant with Rocco, who you just saw, who's four. Um, and that's how long this has gone on for, by the way, it's been four years. Well, plus since I was just finding out I was pregnant, but, um, you know, I, I am hormonal and all of these things are happening in my body. And that next day we went on PTL and uh, my producer, Jill Neely, who you remember. Love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. She um, she wanted us to do something to really pay respect to the victims and what had taken place. And so we held up a newspaper and it had all the names of the victims. And as I started to read them, I just I couldn't control it. I just started to sob. I mean, I was like... I don't know. I think there was this internal thing that was happening that I was, I was in the process in that moment of creating life and Mm -hmm. life had just been taken away and changed for so many people in the last 24 hours. There was this real like internal struggle for me. Um, And then again, when we had the Uvalde school shooting, I mean, you know, I was crying watching the coverage of it that entire evening. And then the next day we had to go in and we wanted again to be sensitive to it. And I just, I mean, my, I, I was shaken to my core, like most parents, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it like, I don't want to use this phrase cause it sounds trite, but it like hits a little different, you know? And, and that's not to say that not having had children or previous to my having kids, I didn't have that compassion. I, I certainly did. And it just, um, yeah. It's just, I remember having to rip my earpiece out and I was like, who am I becoming? Like, I couldn't even be on set for a couple yes. of minutes. It's just, there really is something to, it's just so, it's so funny though, because I talk, you talk about having kids and you hear the same stuff all the time. Your life changes. You never look at life the same. It's a miracle. And you're like, all right, before you have kids and then you have kids. And even if you're not a particularly religious or spiritual person, it's just hard to deny that 
internal energetic shift that happens after I mean, they, they literally change things. And I know studies have come out since then sort of proving the existence of these little like microscopic, for lack of a better term, fibers or cells that are left behind. So what we were feeling all along wasn't crazy. It's you do change on a cellular level, but um, it's, it's just wild. It's my, it's, it's crazy. My brother-in-law told us before we had kids and, and there was a point, I think like many parents even, where we were both like, not sure. We don't know if we want to have kids yet. And he said, you don't understand the greatest love you will ever know is your children. Like it changes everything. You think you know what love is. You have no idea. And, and again, like if, if that's all, you know, if you don't have kids, sure, you know what love is on your own level, but you have no idea. You have no idea what it's like until you have kids. Yeah. It's truly like, like they say, your heart walking around outside your, I mean, like I watch my kids walk away sometimes and I'm like, let me, let me bubble wrap you. Let me hold you. Like I, I, it, it is so hard to like send them out into the world and just knowing, and like we were talking about kids getting older too, and knowing all of the things that are out there that can hurt them emotionally or physically. I mean, I'm a, what I'm saying is I'm an anxious wreck. So it's, it's, I mean, like I was never anxious before and like this light, Oh yeah. Switch flipped. Um, that happened to me, um, in the pandemic. I, I felt, I mean, I went to the doctor cause I thought I was having a heart attack. And of course, as, as it turns out, it was a panic attack. Oh, um, I had one of those moments working in news too, for the record. <laughs> right. I, I don't know what I came home from work. I thought I was okay. And then it was like, all of a sudden I'm having like, uh-huh. oh my God, I like can't breathe. And again, uncontrollable. You have no idea what's happening to your body. And I was like, I might be having a heart attack. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And yeah, just panic, just a panic attack for every day. I know we talked about this before and like, not to like veer too, too hard into this because I'm, I'm not an expert in any of this, but like, I was not aware. Like, I, I, I think I told you this before working, having worked the morning shift like you, and then switching over to the night shift, which was like 2 PM to midnight kind of deal. Um, I didn't realize the physical implications of shift work and how like my labs that came back, my doctor was like, this is not normal for a 35 year old woman. Have you like, did you work like shift work? Were you a grader? And I wasn't, I was like, I wasn't even like the one doing the overnight, but still she was like, it it really messed with my health for a long time. And I hate to say that because people are like, it is a, a position of privilege to work in TV and having, I'm so grateful for that. But like, I think people look at that job and they're like, how can it be better? I mean, it's really, there's a lot of physical exhaustion and emotional exhaustion tied up in that job. And on top of it, you have to show up every day mm-hmm. and you got to look good and you have to get your composure. If right. like you said, a story is emotional. It's, it's not an easy thing all the time, but we're not saving lives. I always would say it's not that serious, but it is, it's not like fluff either. Well, and there is this kind of like, I don't know what the correct terminology would be, but it's almost like this secondary PTSD. I, you know, I'm not there, but I have to report on trauma constantly. So while I'm not witnessing it or seeing it, I have to retell the story over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So there is this, like, I don't know, maybe some can separate themselves, but I am not one of those people. So I started to carry that around with me. And then, you know, you have the excessive deadlines you have, um, you can't be wrong. And of course, you know, like that has really, really changed. I mean, not that we were ever necessarily wrong, but there's this really heightened awareness about, oh, you said something that wasn't quite right. That's not right. And I'm going to call you out for, I'm going to call you out on it on Facebook. I'm going to email your boss. You're everybody's going to know that you were wrong. 
So the stress of like always being right and being perfect is just really hard. Listen, girl, I'm here to just give you some real talk. It takes, yes, you have PTSD. It takes a while to unwind the people pleasing and then in aversion to sharing your opinion, like this is real. And I think when you do hit the brakes on getting out of that industry. And this isn't like, I'm not trying to tell you to quit. (laughs) Your bosses are like, shut up, Sunny. I'm just saying, I noticed similar things. And when I put the halt, I put the brakes on the official closing of the chapter in, as it regards news, I did really have to work through stuff. And I've been very open and candid about talking with my therapist about when the, the, the issues that came as a result of verbalizing people's worst case scenarios every day, normal people walk down the street and don't think a branch is going to fall or a light strike is going to hit their kid or a car is going to speed across. But I know that it happens because I went into work every day and I talked about it happening. So yes. And so when you verbalize those worst case scenarios, I do think your brain starts to beat that neural pathway. And it takes a lot of intent to kind of pull back and say, whew, I gotta, I gotta stop. Right. Because it's, it becomes part of you, that worry. Right. It does. I, yeah, I agree. We were just talking about this. We had somebody on our show yesterday talking about, or two days ago, talking about um, our obsession with true crime podcasts and shows. I hate them because I worked in news. I'm like the (laughs) only person that doesn't like them. I'm like, no, thanks. Been there, done that. Good. I know the outcome. I'm, I'm okay. But you know, we started to talk about how, you know, it's okay if you're taking it in as an entertainment form, but it could really start to spiral. If, if you start to shift your view on like, oh, these things could be happening. This could be, you know, this is going to happen to me or that's going to happen to me. And, and much like news, you know, when you hear all of the bad that can happen, you do start to think like, oh my gosh, we, we could get into a car accident. We could get into a car accident driving down the street or going to the airport or going to the grocery store. You know, it's just... What do you do to unwind that? Do you have any specific wellness or relaxation things that you do? And do you do anything with your family too? What does that look like for you? Um, Well, I mean, for me, it really was um, taking, uh, taking that break from news. I mean, with Pittsburgh Today Live, we have an hour of entertainment and for Talk Pittsburgh, it's more conversation. So while we can talk about more serious things, we can have enlightened conversations about them. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just this um, 30 second or one minute piece of information that's really heavy. It's, you know, a five minute conversation where we can dive into the problem and solutions. Um, So for me, I think it was recognizing that I personally needed to step away. Mm -hmm. that it wasn't the best fit for me anymore. And, but, but now even, even that being said, I mean, I still consume a lot of news. I, I enjoy watching it and learning what's happening in my community and my city and the country. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know that I do anything in particular, but I think me just walking away a little bit back helped tremendously. Yeah. What is, what does a normal day look like for you, Heather? I think people are curious, like a day in the life, you know, it's changed dramatically in the last year. I mean, I used to wake up at two 30 in the morning. Now I wake up at like five 30 ish so that I can shower and have a cup of coffee in peace and quiet and darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and do my wordle, I, I need to do the <laughs> wordle in the morning. I, I love that. Um, and then I get to work around eight o'clock. Um, we have PTL right at nine. And honestly, like as soon as I walk in the door, it's go time. There's no downtime for me. It's, you know, get ready for PTL, come out of PTL meetings, um, start working on Talk Pittsburgh. And then the end of my day is much the same because we start Talk Pittsburgh at three and it's over at four and I'm out the door. Yeah. So it's very all consuming. 
through that entire day. And then I come home and it's dinner time. And, you know, we're getting the kids ready for dinner. And when school starts, it's going to be a whole new shift in sports and activities and homework and all of that. Do you believe in like a work-life balance? I know that word can feel controversial for some people, or is it like, like I said in the beginning, are you uh, the type of person who's really driven toward like organization and scheduling or are you go with the flow? Like how does your, how do you fit the family stuff in? I don't, I don't know. I mean, there is no work-life balance. I mean, me even telling yeah. you about, about how my day goes, where in that, in the course of my day, where do I find time for me? Where do yeah. I have time to exercise? A neighbor and I have recently started getting up some mornings at like four forty-five so that we could go for a walk, but then I'm taking away crucial sleep that I need. So it's like, do you take away this, this thing that you know that your body also needs to repair and restore so that you can get some exercise so that your heart is healthy? It's a trade up girl. I'm picking the sleep. So <laughs> don't ask me. I used to come home from the morning shift. I would scrub the face, yeah. put on my altar. I've been wearing altar robes for decades now. The fleece free with purchase robe at Ulta. Mark my word is the best thing. In the, and I would scrub the face, put the Ulta robe on and I'd be like by one thirty, mm-hmm. And then I would try not to. And I was in my twenties. Like I was a baby and it's still wrecked me. So I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm choosing to sleep, but Do you still feel like you need an afternoon nap because I'm still like, my body is still kind of in that rhythm where for some reason, and I know some people still have that like two o'clock, three o'clock drop feeling where you need that nap, but it hits me hard. And I feel like it's from all those years on the early shift. Yeah. I'm thankfully, I don't deal with that, but I mean, I am very deliberate about monitoring my hormone levels, monitoring my blood labs. Like I am a freak about voluntary testing because, and I think every woman knows this too. When one minor thing is off, whether it's your iron levels or whatever it is, I feel it. And so Andrew, my husband laughs at me all the time. He's like, what other voluntary tests are you going to sign up for today? It's like, I mean, it's gut panels, it's blood labs. It's, I do thermography. I stand in front of this thing and they put this thing and it shows hot spots in your body. I mean, everything. So yeah. I think if anything, the blessing of having dealt with some health side effects from that is like, I'm ultra aware now. And I think that, you know, yeah, I think, you know, being aware of how your body feels and listening to it is super important. Um, okay. We need to talk beauty products. You know, this is a huge passion of mine. You do your own makeup every day for TV. People, people think that there's makeup artists, but there's not usually there are not. like, unfortunately, this is a hint. CBS Pittsburgh, wink, wink. We need assistance for your beautiful talent. Um, I, I can't believe that there's still no assistance no. in that way, but anyhow, you, I guess the good news is you learn how to do your makeup and hair really well. So what do you like live by for TV? Um, so I, uh, you're going to kill me cause I'm sure you have a beautiful skincare routine. I mean, you have beautiful skin. Um, and I'm sure you hear great stories. I wash my face with Dove soap. I told a makeup yes. artist this once and she was like, what? But you have no. really good skin. It's working for you. <laughs> so, so I wash my face with Dove and I use CeraVe to moisturize. That's it. Wait, so do Heather, do we have a toner in there? Do we have like a little vitamin C? No Nothing. Toner. I've, I've been told that I need to up my game, that I have no toner, no like primer. Sure. No, there's just, there's no levels. It's wash, moisturize, makeup. So do you use SPF? Are we on an SPF routine? Oh, yeah. Yes. So my, both my uh, moisturizer and my foundation, I use the 
it foundation cc Mm -hmm. cream um so i use that both of them have spf in them um and then i like a nars uh bronzer it's my fave laguna uh, I think so. Yeah. Is okay. that the one that doesn't have the, the shot? It's the matte? Yes. I believe that's the matte. I'll Google it while I chat. Yeah. Um, I'm a lipstick fanatic. Ooh, tell me more. I love, li- I probably have 50 different kinds of lipsticks all within the same shade of oh my pink. So you're a bright pink girl. I like pinks. I love, and, and I've yet to find it again. There was one MAC color that doesn't exist anymore that this, it was like a beautiful, like, was it Viva Viva Five? I don't I don't remember what it was. I don't even remember the name of it. But it was this pinkish, taupeish, brownish color that was just perfect. Um, the closest I have found, there was a woman who opened up a shop in Pittsburgh. It's called the Lipstick Lab. You should look Ooh. it up. But okay. she makes custom lipsticks. Oh, I have to go next time I'm home. I'm looking it's it up right amazing. now. She's incredible. So she mixed up. I didn't tell her anything. She was like, hmm, based on your skin color, blah, blah, blah. She mixes it up. She whips it to me and she gives it to me in like five minutes. And I was like, oh, it's my color. That's <laughs> insane. So what tone, like what tones, does it still lean pink or? It leans pink, but there's just like this little undertone of like a, a brown or or like a, like a, I don't know, like a mauve color. It's just. Just tones it down just a little bit. Okay. Okay. What mascara? Because this is a big thing too. Oh, um, I, I always say it wrong. Is it Stila? Mm-hmm. Stila. Stila. Love it. That's that's my go-to. It works. It is. I don't use any kind of like lash extension drops or anything like that. I've tried putting on fake lashes. I feel like the glue just gets stuck in all of your lashes and it's just gross and they wind up falling out. So that is my go-to. Stila. It's great. Full coverage. The brush is nice. It's soft. It, I love it. You're a tactile person. Okay. What about um, concealer? This is a big thing too. I feel like to like brighten up the face, you may not oh. have dark circles, but like oh, uh, we need a little contouring on this face. So what do you rely on for that? Um, I'm, I'm a shape tape girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's hard to like, it's hard to break away. I'd love to try something new, but I, I feel like it does it the trick. So so do you like to, in order to be able to keep up with, you know, like, you know, if you want to try a new product or a new look, like do you watch tutorials on, or do you just like kind of stick with your routine? And cause I know there are people like me and TV who inevitably like got into like learning more. Cause I was like, well, no one else is doing it. Or do you just kind of like to stick with what you know and keep it there? Um, well I have, I mean, there are some things that I do that are just what I do. I, there's this huge trend Maybe you can pull it off where you put the blush like here. And yeah, up. you like like it's like oh up. yeah, it's like close to your eye, but it's like right here. I can't do it. It looks like <laughs> I look like a clown, and I just didn't rub it in good enough. Um, I, I know for contouring and like all that stuff that I should be doing, but I don't. Uh, but I do watch makeup tutorials. I love that's the that's the beauty of. TikTok and Instagram and all of these things is that you can find tips and hacks and tricks. Um, I'm now in this age of finding makeup for, since I'm going to be 40 next year, the 40 crowd. I feel like I've got a whole series coming up this October, dedicated topics only for over 40 hormones, makeup and skincare, um, health, like it's all, yeah. I love that because I do think that we see a lot of these people creating content. It's their space. For, for makeup tips for like 20-somethings. Your skin is flawless. It's you flawless. Know. 
Don't wear yeah. makeup. That's my tip. If I could go back and appreciate the skin that I had. And then you hit 40. And the ironic part is makeup starts looking worse. And so you can't, I don't want to depress you. I don't want to get into the details, but like creamy finishes become your friend. Um, I, I can't even wear cons- like shape tape. It's a real tricky thing now because well, my yeah, face all of a sudden settle into the cracks, yes, right? I know. Yes. And it screams makeup, makeup. Like I used to be able to wear that and not, it's just a whole thing, but it's okay. very freeing too. So um, baking, Oh my God. It looked like I had like yeast under my eye. <laughs> They're like, Heather, what's growing on your under eye? What is happening on my face? I tried and I was like, all the kids are doing it. I got to try it. No. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Okay. Really quickly. You talked about social media and anyone who follows you knows that you have so much fun. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, posting all kinds of fun things. You're often with your partner in crime, Mary Hours, who's the meteorologist there. Yeah. Um, tell me about like how you've come to embrace social media. I know when I was in TV, it was like a real dice. It was like a real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A double-edged sword. Yeah. But these days it's most, so much more embraced and it's good to do. So what's your thought on it? And like, how much fun are you guys having? Cause it looks like you, you are. Isn't it funny? I mean, I don't, use it as a platform anymore for work almost. I mean, it's like, um, Hey, I'm going to do something fun and wacky. Uh, by the way, here's where you can watch me. Yeah. Yeah. When we first started out using social media, it was very much like, Oh goodness gracious. (laughs) What did he just do? (laughs) Just don't eat it. Don't, don't, please. Okay. Um, we started out just using it as a platform to post links, you know, like, Oh, go, go to our website and go here. Mm -hmm. We've found that people want the behind the scenes. They want to see the fun and the interesting things about you. And that's going to encourage them more to watch and to go to the websites. And, you know, I mean, like with anything, if you like the person, you're going to want to follow them. And I, I don't know. So we, we do have a lot of fun. Um, Social media is still very weird. I I don't think that you use or post any pictures of your kids very often. And Not that, anymore. I did. It's it's a whole thing. But you well, know, again, something else news really ruined for me because I had some really weird experiences. So, well, and that's the thing. So that <laughs> that part of it is hard for me. Is that there's nothing more that I want to do than share my kids with the world. And yet, the more I do it, yeah. I, I feel this very icky yeah. feeling. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? Is AI going to... Did you see that video where AI transformed the little girl's yes. face? With one image, one static image is all it took, and one clip of her voice, and they were able to replicate. It was... It, it's, it's crazy. Scary. It's scary. So we don't know what's going to happen. This is Lila. Hi, Lila. You she beautiful girl. today. <gasps> so brave. How do they feel? Oh my God. Weird. Weird. You have two windows in your mouth now. <laughs> I can put a straw right through them. Um, so as you see, you asked about like how I wind down and me time. It's not, it's not existent. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're knocking on bathroom doors. They're knocking on, I mean, yeah. just, there's no, I know. So I love it. I know it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. Like what you said about the kids, I think it's a journey for everyone. And I think you do what you do and you learn as you go. And if you aren't comfortable anymore, then you change it. And if you are, you do it. I mean, there's, it's, it's a no rules kind of situation. That's for sure. I know. I'm getting to this point though, where like, I mean, I might start putting the emojis over their face. Oh, oh gosh. I know. <laughs> She's like, there's my other two. Okay. We're going to make this quick. I, I, I know that you have to go. You have lots of things happening. Tell me quickly before we go, 
fun things that are coming up personally, professionally, obviously, if we're local, how to follow and watch, all that good stuff. Well, personally, I'm very excited that my kids are going back to school. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but uh, professionally, we have a lot more coming ahead for Talk Pittsburgh. We, you know, starting a new show is really hard. And so getting it off the ground, we know that there are big changes that are coming and we're going to continue working on that brand. So I'm excited for the work that we're going to put into that and, and changes that will come in the future. Um, and PTL, we are getting ready to do our big Gateway Clipper cruise again this year, which is so much fun. We raised money for the Turkey Fund. If you remember so the Turkey fun. Fund. I remember the Turkey Fund, fund. of course. So we went to my year, school. And then we went to your school. Last year, we um, started a kickoff cruise, and it was so much fun. We sold out in, like, a day. And oh, wow. Yeah, so we're excited to do that again this year, and hopefully we'll get a bigger ship. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Have fun. I know I've like taken so much of your time and I, I know the feeling when kids are like invading and you're like, like full body sweat. Okay. You're the best Heather. I would love to have you back on when you see the Barbie movie, text me and we'll get okay. you back on. We'll talk again. Okay. Um, thank you so much. Bye Sunny. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Please leave a rating and review. Five-star ratings and reviews help a huge amount in getting this podcast out to people who might like it or find it useful. Thanks so much for your support of We Gotta Talk. Follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abada and check out our latest blog posts at wegotatalk.com slash blog.